in today's show, I'm going to be recapping most of Tuesday's games. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Now, I said at the start of this show, that I'm going to be recapping most of the games from Tuesday. The last two games of the day, I'm not going to be recapping today. I had to uh, finish up the day a little bit earlier than usual. A whole bunch of uh, sports to run uh, kids around to, so unfortunately not able to do those last two games. I will have a write-up of them over on Basketball Monster, so be assured that 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 will be there. Um, And yeah, let's talk about the games. Let's get into that first one right now. And that first one was the Cleveland Cavaliers ending their losing streak beating the Atlanta Hawks 112-111 with a buzzer-beating dunk from Lamar Stevens. Let's talk about the Hawks first. Now, they had Cam Reddish ruled out before the game, so they started Tone Snell, who actually played pretty well. 11 points with three triples and two blocks for Tone in 33 minutes. Don't get excited and go and add him, but it was a good performance. And then after halftime, the Baptist John Collins didn't play. He copped a whack in the head, and they said they were holding him out for precautionary reasons. Now, the Hawks do play again on Wednesday, so I guess there is a chance that Collins doesn't play there. I imagine they start Gallinari, but man, far out. He was terrible again. Five points for the Italian cock. Hands off my cock! He was one of seven. His defense was horrendous. I guess you can stream him in for Wednesday if Collins is out, but he is not a 12-team league must-roster player. Capella played 37 minutes. He had 12 and 16 with a steal and a block, but missed key free throws down the end. While it was good to see, on a positive note, Fanner Pants Kevin Herter play well. 22 points, four steals, four threes. His recent production had been waning. Um, with Reddish you know, in trouble here in terms of injuries, with Collins maybe missing again, Herter is a guy to have, and then we'll see where that goes. But long term, I don't think he's going to be that guy who's a must-roster 12-team league player. Trey Young had 28 points, but it took 27 shots to get there, and weirdly, 69% from the line. Giggity. Pretty inefficient night from Young. He had seven rebounds and 12 assists, though. And uh, not much more to talk about. 10 minutes for Onyekara Kongwu and uh, 12 minutes for Skylar Mays. Interestingly, they play Mays and Rondo together. 14 minutes for Rondo, uh, 12 minutes for Mays. I thought that uh, Rondo and Mays would uh, sort of cancel each other out. But I guess with Reddish gone, um, they were able to play both of those guys at the same time. Also, with Collins out, Solomon Hill played 22 minutes. He had three steals with two threes. But it's only a deeper league scenario that you'd be looking for him. For the Cavs, they did move the Discman Chetty Osman back to the bench. He only played 20 minutes and had 11 points with three threes, and they started Dean Wade. I don't know why, but they did. 21 minutes, five points for Dean. He blocked two shots. Fine. The guy they should have started is the guy that performed the best, Dylan Windler. 22 minutes, 15 points, five threes, one steal, one block. He is a guy to watch. Now, Love is out, Prince is out, Nance is out, so he's not going to get massive opportunities for the season as they go on. But I'd like to see them give Windler a shot, play 28 minutes, and see what he can do. He's a name to watch, at least in deeper leagues. 
Isaac Okoro blocked three shots in his 37 minutes, while Jared Allen played 34, had 13 and 14 with a steal and four blocks. Really good production. And the pot at Padawan Colin Sexton, 8 of 10 from the line is awesome. Three threes is awesome. 29 points is awesome. Five assists is awesome. Overall, a really good game from Sexton, who'd been dropping off recently. Darius Garland was inefficient, but he played 43 minutes. He had 17 points. He had eight assists and two steals. And one thing we wanted to watch with Garland, was he able to keep up the recent level of performance in terms of generating steals? And he did it again. And that's a huge, huge boost to his overall value if he's able to keep getting steals at the level that he is over the last two weeks. And those assist numbers are obviously super impressive there as well from uh, from Darius Garland. But a massive win for the Cavs to get that victory um, and really disappointing for the Hawks again, who dropped further below 500. Another disappointing game in what is a disappointing season for Atlanta. It's time now for the Ultra Player of the Week. Guys, being happy. It's awesome. It's not enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. So it's time for the Ultra Player of the Week. And for this week, it goes to the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray. Over the last week, he's averaged 38 points per game, hit over five threes per game, had six rebounds, four assists, 1.7 steals, 64% shooting from the field and 82% shooting from the line, which includes a massive 57% shooting from three-point land. Your Ultra Player of the Week is Jamal Murray. Hey, and he's the Ultra Player of the Week. Joy creates success. And if you want joy, Michelob Ultra. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and only 95 calories. How much joy can you get from a beer? Well, this is going to put that to the limit. It's going to test it right there for you. Happiness, enjoyment, all of that stuff. It isn't, it isn't the end game. It is the whole game. Your Ultra Player of the Week is Jamal Murray. Are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, Jamal Murray. Let us go on to the next game, and we are looking at the Detroit Pistons beating the Orlando Magic 105-93. And for the second game in a row, it was Saban Lee. 29 minutes, 21 points, three threes, four assists, two steals. Just go and add him. Just add him. He shot 73% from the field, and it's not going to stick. And his value is going to drop off when Dillon Wright and then Killian Hayes eventually return. But even though Dennis Smith played pretty well, it was Lee who outperformed him and got the minutes. So go and add him and see what happens. Dennis Smith had 18 minutes, 14 points, two threes, and two blocks. That's not bad from him. Fine for 14-team leagues, I think. But Lee is outperforming Dennis Smith, and he is the guy you want to grab. Jeremy Grant, 17, 7, and 6. Yeah, fine, but a bit inefficient. And Plumlee had seven points with 12 boards and three blocks. He's a really strong season continues. He's the 44th-ranked player, Mason, over the last two weeks. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay had 10 points in 33 minutes. He had three steals. He had two threes. Just another really solid performance. The, the steals are a nice bonus. In fact, they are. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. So some good numbers from him. He remains a 12-team league guy, albeit a back-end player, but really good numbers. From Sadiq, well, Josh Jackson didn't get a start with Wayne Ellington out, but he still played the starters minutes. 18 and 7 in 30 minutes with two blocks. Hit all his free throws, which is massive. Um, not so great from the field. While Svi Mikhailuk stepped in and started in place of Allington and just played the Allington role. 22 minutes, 9 points, 1-3, one, 1 steal, 1 block. Nothing too exciting there. While Frank Jackson's the guy that came into the rotation at the expense of Allington, who was out resting. Jackson had 3 points in 12 minutes. And obviously, 
Not a huge amount to write home about there. For the Magic, it was pretty disappointing. Uh, All-star Nikola Vucevic hurt his leg in the first half. He was able to return, but he just wasn't feeling it. 20 points on 41% shooting, no free throws. He still had two blocks, two threes, nine rebounds, and four assists. So still a really good night, considering how disappointing it was. And then Terrence Ross had another big one. 13, 8, and 4 with four steals and a block. Now, he didn't shoot particularly well. Um, Ross is benefiting from... The, the roller coaster that is him, he's up and down, now he's way up, and the fact that other players are out, and he's going to fall off, and he's probably going to be a drop in three, four weeks' time. But for now, make sure he's on a roster. Michael Carter-Williams didn't hurt your percentages as well. 11-6-5, a block, 44 from the field, and both his free throws. He is a 12-team league, short-term league guy. While the Chief Al-Faru Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Three points. Yep, three points, four rebounds, a triple one. He's bringing the defensive numbers, but he's just like a stream guy, like a Tybal or a Derek Jones Jr., that sort of player. Chimura Kiki, just start this bloke. Look, what are we doing? 21 minutes, six points, two threes, and two steals. Continues to pr- play well, um, but still only a deeper league fantasy guy. While Evan Fournier, I think I had him on my sell high video today because some of his numbers were probably going to come down. He had 14 points in 33 minutes on 29% shooting. All that stuff is uh, predictable. He was predictably going to drop off at some point. Didn't necessarily have to come in this game, but it did. And we saw that drop off. He remains a must roster player. Well, deeper leagues, Chase and Randall's getting rotation minutes while these other guards are hurt. So he's someone that you can have a look at if you are in those uh, in those deeper formats and need someone uh, need someone on your squad to handle some point guard roles. So have a look, uh, have a look at him and see whether he is a, a guy that would make sense for the short term in a deeper league. All right, let's go on to the next game now. The Warriors beat the Knicks 114-106. Steph had thirty seven points with seven threes. Six rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Wasn't super efficient, 41% shooting, but 12 of 12 from the line. He continues his assault on the top five. While the big news here for the Warriors was that both Kavon Looney and Blunty, James Wiseman, returned. I thought Looney was excellent. Not from a fantasy perspective. He had 2.6 rebounds, four assists, but he was a massive plus 17 in this game and really meshed well with the starters. And the way that he played with the starters would make me think that it's going to be a little bit of time before James Wiseman pushes back to 25 minutes a night. As for Wiseman, he played 16 minutes, super high usage, almost 28%. Had 14 points in 16 minutes, didn't block a shot, didn't hit a three, had two boards and one assist. He is rostered in an astonishing 100% of the advanced leagues that we monitor. That is way too many for the bloke who's not even a top 200 player this year. It's too many. I don't see him coming in and playing 25 minutes at any point in the next six to eight weeks. Really hard to roster him in that scenario. I I just don't get it. He is just a stash. Andy Wiggins, rough from the line, 60%, but 16 points in 38 minutes, while Kelly Oubre had 19 and 8. He blocked three shots. He only shot 20% from three. He is really settling into his role now. And I I think the biggest takeaway from this game is that Looney was back, Wiseman was back, and Draymond Green had three steals and two blocks. Now, I believe when Wiseman was playing to begin this year, Draymond had two blocks in all those games combined. So that is key to see him getting those numbers. So we were worried. Was it the Wiseman factor that was causing his defensive numbers to drop off? Or was it maybe the fact that he came into the season battling COVID and an injury? And this is a data point to tell us that maybe it was the injury and COVID and that Draymond's going to be just fine. So that's some good numbers there for him. Um... Not much else to talk about. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson out of the rotation, so drop him everywhere. In fact, one. Get that garbage out of here! And Bazemore had three steals in 22 minutes. For the Knicks, the double royal Julius Randle. (laughs) 
He makes his first all-star team. It wasn't particularly great here. 25-10-7 is nice if you look at bright, shiny counting stats. But 38% from the field and a minus 21 is not ideal, but still good numbers. While Rowan Barrett Jr. benched again. 27 minutes, one of nine shooting. And much like uh, James Wiseman, he's rostered in too many leagues. Get that garbage out of here! He's the 168th ranked player, and it's going backwards. Uh, Tibbs is benching him in fourth quarters. He was one of nine shooting here. He didn't have 10 rebounds. I wouldn't bother with him in 12-team category leagues. There's just no need. And I think we can drop Emmanuel quickly as well. Three points in 13 minutes, 20% shooting. It's just too much inconsistency. Do we add Alfred Payton? 20 points looks good. I still don't believe he's a must-roster player in 12-teamers. In fact, he's probably more 14-16, to 16, but he played 34 minutes here. Well, Derek Rose, best game for the Knicks. 27 minutes, 16-4-8, a steal, a block. Pretty good usage. I don't fully trust this from Rose, but if you want to take... I take a flyer on him over Peyton, over quickly, over Barrett at this stage. Nerlens Noel only played 24 minutes, but had 8-5 and five with three blocks and a steal, so sort of doing what he needs to do, despite those limited minutes. And of course, whenever you can give Taj Gibson 24 minutes, you've got to do it. And I guess that's fair enough, because Noel was a minus 18 and Taj was a plus 10, so I can sort of understand what, uh, what Thibodeau is doing in that game with that minutes distribution. The next game, the Philadelphia 76ers, they beat the Raptors 109-102, the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Another good assist game. Five assists, 23 points, three threes, one steal, two blocks. Continues to play at a really high level. While with uh, Seth Curry, a late scratch. Ferky from Turkey. He made the start. Korkmaz had 16 points in the first quarter. Ended with just 19 points. Had five threes and seven rebounds. Now, Korkmaz was out of the rotation last game with Isaiah Joe taking his place. And this game probably gives him somewhat of a of a lifeline to remain in the rotation. But do not look at this and get excited or buy into it or think that he's a 12-team league ad. Embiid had 18 and 12 in 34 or 36 minutes, sorry. Simmons had 15, 9 and 7. And Danny Green had three steals and three threes. That's what he's good for. The triple one type stats, um, getting big steals, hitting threes, getting blocks as well. And Matisse Thibel did it too. Three blocks for Matisse in 15 minutes. While Shake Milton continues to uh, continues to struggle. Shake, shake, shake. 11 points in 30 minutes for Shake with three threes. He is only a very, very deep league player. 14 to 16 team league guy, I would say at this point. As for the Raptors, Siakam had 22 points in 42 minutes with seven assists, three steals, and a block. He is playing at a super high level at the moment. Has really, really stepped it up, putting up some big, big numbers um, uh, at the moment. While Norman Powell, 24 points, six assists, and three steals. Again, I don't know what this team does when they're fully healthy because now, now Kyle Lowry's out. So where does Powell fit? Do they start small? I imagine they do. But where does he fit in the offensive hierarchy pecking order? And you'd think that he drops down maybe into that Bembry role. DeAndre Bembry had a usage of 10 in this game. Four points, four assists, and two steals. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Massive buy low. Only 29 minutes as he recovers from his calf problem. 10 points, two threes, two blocks, one steal, 31% shooting. He is significantly better than this. Do not drop him. He's a must-roster player, and he is a buy low candidate. The wiki, Chris Boucher, played 23 minutes and had 10 points. Did have some foul trouble. Had a steal, had a block, hit two threes. And that's solid enough. While Van Vliet had 12, 8, and 8, and two steals, and four blocks. I think Van Vliet's had a couple of games this year where he's had like four blocks, which is just amazing for a bloke that is... Six foot, if I'm being generous, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he just looks shorter than he actually is. But that is really good stuff from Freddles to get those big numbers in. And he is the 19th ranked player so far over the course of this season. Ranked one over the course of this season is Bilt Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. 
You don't want to get those protein bars that taste like an extract from a cricket pitch. Dirt mixed with grass, mixed with white chalk. Built Bar tastes like a candy bar. And it's low low carbs, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And there's six new flavors. Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cookies and Cream, Caramel Brownie, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp to join the 12 original flavors. And they're always chucking in bonus flavors. Fudge, fudge and coconuts and all these chunk brownies. There's so many different things that Built Bar is bringing out and you know, always rotating in specials all the time. You know what I'm trying to say. The Coconut Almond Bar has 18 grams of protein, 180 calories with 5 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's move on to the next game now. We've got the Boston Celtics. They go down to the Dallas Mavericks, 107-110. Luka Doncic with the big game winner here in this one. For the Celtics, remember the hype for Robert Williams? And I said, yeah, maybe let's just calm down a little bit. Hey, add him. The permanent stuff is great, but finding those minutes is tough. He played 14 minutes in this game. Um, Four points and three rebounds. Thompson played 21, and Tice played 26 minutes. That's going to get worse, or the opportunities for minutes is going to get worse when Marcus Smart returns. Now, they put Grant Williams back into the rotation. They boost Shemi Ojale's playing time as well. It's going to be an up-and-down scenario for Williams. By all means, hold him. He's a top 70 player over the last two weeks. But this is the problem I mentioned. Like He is not the best of their centers. They do not view him as the best of their centers at this point. And I think believing that at this point is just trying to convince yourself that that's the case. Maybe that'll be the case later in the year, but I significantly doubt that. Great game from Jalen Brown, 29-7-5 on uh, true shooting of 68%, while Tatum had 28-6-4, blocked two shots, had three threes. Wasn't quite as efficient, but still pretty good. And Kemba Walker bounced back from a real stinker last game to have 21-4-3. Now, albeit he was on 42% shooting, and he still remains yeah, yeah, mired at the back end of rankings. Thompson had 8-10. He's only a deeper league guy, while Tice had 2-3. Pretty disappointing from Tice, but he is still an interesting 12-team league guy. Nowhere near the upside of Robert Williams, of course, but probably more likely to get more minutes down the stretch. Peyton Pritchard has seen his minutes drop off recently, and guys like Aaron Neesmith are playing more. 22 minutes for Neesmith, 19 for Pritchard. It'll be interesting to see what they do on Wednesday with Kemba likely sitting out, whether they do give Pritchard that boost or whether they go with more wings and give Neesmith an extra opportunity to play more minutes. But regardless, they are only just deeper league players at this point. And after Pritchard was flirting with back-end 14-team league value, he is back outside the top 250 for this season. Luka Doncic, 31-10-8 for the Mavericks. Six triples. 48% shooting a big night, while Jalen Brunson continues to be awesome. 22 points in 30 minutes. He hit five threes. He's a clear 14-team league guy, and I've been saying that for a while. I don't hate him as a 12-team streamer, Uh, just playing at a huge level. Back-to-back good nights from Josh Richardson. I look at him more as a, look fine as a 12-team streamer, but not a must-roster guy. But 16-4 and with two threes is all right. And then James Johnson. Do you make us proud? Well, Johnson made his first start for the Mavericks. He played 28 minutes and had eight points with two steals. I wouldn't get too excited about that. And that was with Kleber and Porzingis both out. Dwight Powell started. He played 11 minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein played 24 minutes. um, And Dorian Finney-Smith, horrible. 0 of 5 for zero points. But he played 39 minutes. But that is just horrendous level production from Dorian Finney-Smith. And also Tim Hardaway was rough on the percentages. 14 points 
on 35%. Hardaway, more of a streamer, along with Richardson, along with Brunson. I think you could throw those guys in a hat as to which one is the best 12-team league at. It is probably still Richardson and Hardaway over Brunson, but with their current form, Brunson probably is that guy, I would say. Um, but yeah, they're all still more just interchangeable streaming-type options at the back end of a bench. Let's now look at the next one, the Brooklyn Nets and the Sacramento Kings. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He was back. He played 37 minutes, had 18 points with two threes on 64% shooting. But troublingly, Luke Walton said at the end of the game, he saw him limping around and he's a little bit worried that he re-aggravated his foot. Keep an eye on that. And that means deeper leagues, keep an eye on Daquan Jeffries, who had five points in 15 minutes, but he could go back to starting if Barnes is out. We got 30 minutes out of Marvin Bagley, but he's just not that good. And if we're going to talk about guys like uh, James Wiseman being over-rostered, we have to talk about Marvin Bagley. Get that garbage out of here! He is not a top 200 player this year. He had 12 and 10, and that's great. Double-double machine, rolls out of bed for a double-double. That's great. No threes, no assists, no steals, and 50% from the line. He did block two shots, but sometimes he just it's so frustrating to watch this dude. And if they want to win, they really shouldn't play him this many minutes. Now, they've lost eight straight, so whatever they're doing is not working. But I would not be rostering him in category leagues. In points leagues, it's a different story. You can roster him in 12-team leagues, but in category leagues, forget that shit. Torres Halliburton was awesome. He is so much better than Buddy Heald. It's not even funny. 40 minutes, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. Big usage, big game. Must be rostered in every league. I don't. If your league doesn't have him rostered, you, are, you have no idea what you're doing. Sorry, that's just the case. Rashawn Holmes, 18 and 11 in 26 minutes with a steal and a block. How about Hassan Whiteside? How did he go? The world! I guess they just sat him out because they're working on a trade for him to go and... And, you know, pick LeBron's ass hairs on the Lakers. Like, he's out of the rotation. He's not good. He sucks. Uh, drop him. What are, what are we doing? Get rid of him. Darren Fox, 27 points with eight assists. And you can't convince me that Buddy Heald knows how to shoot anymore. He's just shit out. Like, what's going on? Well, this guy was efficient, and now he can't hit anything. 11 points, 33%. He hit three threes. He had four assists. He had a steal on a block. I'm not dropping him, but he needs to get out of this starting lineup. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. In terms of where he clearly doesn't want to be there. I don't think they want him there. I don't know why they continue to start him. And as I said, it's you know, trade value, showcasing him for trade. What you're showcasing is that he doesn't want to be there and that he's shit house. So that's what you're showcasing. Maybe put him in a role that's going to, he's going to be on a good team. And that is coming in, playing 25 minutes off the bench and banging in shots rather than overstretching him in a situation where he clearly doesn't want to be and he clearly doesn't fit. So that's why showcasing for trades is absolute bullshit. And you can disagree with me as much as you want. I don't actually care because it is bullshit. Um, Corey Joseph, he's terrible too. All right, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden. I reckon he's pretty good. 41 minutes, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists, five threes. I took him at number one. He's the number three ranked player this year. I think he'll be number one pretty soon. He's just dominating. Now I know Kevin Durant's still got to come back, but holy shit. Look at these numbers that Harden's putting up. How about the shark? Bruce Brown. Baby shark. Um, career-high 29 points. Now, Bruce Brown's numbers this year are insane. I think his two-point percentage is like 65%, and it probably went up after today. 85% shooting. Two threes, two assists, one steal. He went from playing point guard to playing center. Now, of course, his value is significantly boosted because Durant is out, so don't overreact to this. But you might be able to stream him in for a 14-team leaguer for one or two more games. Kyrie had 21-5-7 with three steals, and Joe Harris... 
shooting about 50% from three, and I'm not even kidding, 50% from three on the season. Uh, 18 points, five threes, 60% from the field. Continues to be unbelievable with the shooting numbers. And DeAndre Jordan, I've shit on this guy a lot, but he was pretty good. 10 and eight, four blocks, 80% from the field. Now, you know what he does. He gets field goal percentage. He's blocking shots, and he gets rebounds. And if that's what you need, fine. Then if you don't need that, then don't worry about it. Nick Claxton took some minutes with Jeff Green out, but I think it's going to be a little bit of time before he works his way into 12-team league discussions, if he even gets there at all. Five points in those 14 minutes with Jeff Green out, and no surprise if he goes back out of the rotation when Green returns. While we had Andre Robertson and Iman Shumpert play in this game, and they still beat the Kings by nine points. Andre Robertson and Iman Shumpert are playing minutes, and he's still they still won by that much. Oh, man, this Nets team is pretty good. They are, in fact, pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Yep. All right, let's go on to the next game. Remember the new coach bump? Um, I'm pretty glad that I picked the Bucks minus 11.5 in my Betfair article today because they won by 27. 139 to Milwaukee, 112 to Minnesota. But encouragingly, we saw Carl Anthony Towns' usage go up. 26-8, and guys, Little Chungus had 11 assists. I told you to look for more assists. I didn't expect 11, but this is absolutely... What's the right word? Engorging. Awesome. Malik Beasley had 26 points with six triples on 22% usage. And Anthony Edwards had nine points. And you're going to be shocked to know this, but he shot like shit. 23% from the field. He is just a horrendously inefficient player as a rookie. He does big dunks. He jumps high. And that's good. Um, but he is not a good NBA player at this point, and he is not a great fantasy player. It'd still probably hold, but they're going to be rough nights there. Jalen Noel, is he the big winner? 22 minutes, 13 points with three threes. Probably not, but it's worth looking at. While the Vanderbilt McDaniel scenario didn't really resolve, we only got 11 minutes for Vanderbilt uh, in this one. He did have some early fouls, two points in 11 minutes. I think we can drop him in, in 12-team and 14-team leagues. McLaughlin, not McLaughlin, Jay McDaniel's 22 minutes, four points of steal and two blocks. I, I don't mind holding him in 12-team leagues. He's showing quite a bit defensively. The blocks are really nice, but maybe the upside's not quite there. And then we had only 12 minutes for a Kogi. I think a Kogi's in real trouble in terms of rotation role once Jarrett Culver returns. I do not think we will see him playing. I reckon guys like Noel uh, and McLaughlin are significantly ahead of him. And then we had one show play garbage time nine minutes down the stretch, but there was a ton of garbage time in this game. For the Bucks, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 37, 8, and 8 with two steals and two blocks. That's really bloody good. And he shot 77% from the line, while Punch Bob had 14 and 6, and he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Portis had been dropping off somewhat outside the top 145 over the last two weeks, but this is a good performance. Bryn Forbes also went off for 23 points and five threes, and DJ Augustin had 10 points and five assists. Now, both of those guys lose all of their value when Drew Holiday returns, but there's some interesting, at least, streamability for assists for DJ and threes for Forbes. Middleton had 15, 7, and 4, while Brook Lopez was all right, but I don't know, man. I'm not sure he's a must-roster 12-teamer. 15 points in 25 minutes with five rebounds and two threes. But this was as comfortable a victory as you will find for the Milwaukee Bucks. After the the Wolves pushed them in the second quarter, but then by halftime, this game was absolutely done. All right, as I said, I'm not recapping the last two games of the day. So let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Rob Williams up 22%, a worthwhile gamble, backfired today. Hold him if you want, but there's going to be this problem going forward, as I've mentioned. Saban Lee up 16%. Love it. Tristan Thompson up 15%. Surely not. Like, what are we doing? No. Josh Hart up 11%. I like that one. He's a 12-team league add to me. And Derek Jones Jr. up 10%. That's pretty solid to me as well, especially if you're just looking for some defensive numbers. And if we're looking at drops, Jeff Green down 9%. 
Where's my button? Get that garbage out of here! My name is Jeff. And that one. Hamadou Diallo down 9%. Yep, drop him. Grayson Allen down 7 Clear drop. Hassan Whiteside down 5 And Corey Joseph down 5 why are they rostered in that many leagues to begin with? They need to go all the way out of here. Now, I'm not going to do my lines of the night because the night's not over, and I won't do the top 10 players either. Uh, but that, everything will be back in tomorrow's show. So now let's move across and have a look at some DFS work for Wednesday across the NBA. All right, so let's look ahead now. Wednesday in the NBA, the Warriors and the Pacers. We know James Wiseman and Kevon Looney were back. So that rotation is a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. The Pacers are two-point favorites here, the total 228.5. No real uh, major injury concerns, though, to look at. The second game is more interesting. That's the Rockets and the Cavs. They started the Cavs. They started Dean Wade on Tuesday. Now, whether they whether they do that again remains to be seen. There'll be no Nance. There'll be no Love. But will Prince return? Or will they go back to Osman as the starter? Or will Wade get another opportunity? And for Houston, do they start Justin Patton? Or do they start PJ Tucker at center once more? I think there's a real chance that someone like Patton starts. We also don't know if Eric Gordon will play. He's questionable. And Victor Oladipo is also questionable for this one. Boston and Atlanta, back-to-backs for both of these teams. So Kemba Walker will be out. Last time Kemba was out, we saw them start Javante Green, which was a horrendous decision. They're already down Marcus Smart. I hope they go back to Peyton Pritchard in that role, but we don't know. While the Hawks, John Collins uh, had to sit out the rest of Tuesday's game due to a head knock, and they said the precautionary reasons, concussion evaluation. So there's a chance he doesn't play. Would they start Gallinari? I assume so. And then Solomon Hill jumps in with some extra minutes there, and Anyeka Okongwu gets all the backup center minutes. The Spurs and the Thunder. Well, we know the Spurs have got a million guys out. No DeMar DeRozan, no Keldon Johnson, no Derek White, no Devin Vassell, no Rudy Gay. So their lineup is all over the shop. Lonnie Walker will probably start. Will Aldridge return? He's questionable. Do they go Aldridge and Pirtle in the front court and then put Walker and Murray? And then who's the other spot? Do they start Paddy Mills? Do they start Trey Lyles? But that would mean he'd be at the three, so that's pretty rough. Cater Bates-Diop? Do they put Paddy, Paddy Mills and Walker to the three? They just don't have any threes with no White, no DeRozan, no Vassell. Like, I don't know who's going to actually start at that position for San Antonio. The Thunder... Uh, Al Horford will return to action in that one. For the Wolves, they take on the Bulls. The Bulls are four and a half point favorites, and the total is 227 and a half points here. Um, no real you know, major injury concerns here for either team. Still no Larry Markin or Otto Porter for Chicago, of course. Detroit and New Orleans. Uh, Steven Adams looks like he'll return for New Orleans. While the Pistons, they, they didn't play Wayne Ellington on Tuesday, but that was just for rest, so he'll be in action, I would imagine, in this game. Whether they move Dennis Smith out of the starting line for Saban Lee is still a question mark. Toronto and Miami. Kyle Lowry didn't play Tuesday. There's a chance he returns for this one. There's also a chance maybe that OG Ananobi sits down as it is a back-to-back. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. The Miami Heat have also listed Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero as questionable. Now, whether those two guys play and how that impacts Kendrick Nunn is one of the big questions in this one. The Hornets and the Suns. The Hornets are uh, we're still without Devontae Graham. And then Gordon Haywood is questionable, while uh, Phoenix is pretty much all clear on the injury front. And then the last game is the Lakers and the Jazz. Of course, no Anthony Davis. Um, LeBron and Kuzma appearing as probable on the injury report as usual. The, the Jazz are massive eight-point favorites here over the Lakers. That's pretty interesting. In terms of early Fangio values, I think you've got to look at Walker and Mills in San Antonio. I like Horford and Gildas Alexander for OKC. I like Conley. I like Josh Hart for the Pelicans. I like... Um, Justin Holiday a little bit. I like Jared Allen. 
I like Capella, especially if Collins can't go. I like Herder as well, especially if Collins can't go. All right, that'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.